saturating our lives and our community with Jesus. That's our theme for this year and particularly for this term. And we're going to be thinking about those things. Last week uh, we looked at what it was that Jesus was better. Uh, Matt raised a whole lot of questions, didn't he, at the beginning of the service day about discipleship. Uh, pretty scary, I reckon, in the end, maybe, for some of us to think about that. Well, hopefully today, as uh, we take time out and think about it, that it won't be so scary, but it won't be less challenging. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into it together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for your word. We thank you, Lord, that as we look at it together this morning, as we think about what it means to be disciples of you, followers of you, Lord, we pray that uh, you'll uh, encourage us that you'll lift us up, uh, but Lord, also we'll be challenged and changed and transformed by what we hear and what we read as well. Uh, Lord, we commit it to you, and we ask uh, that everything this morning, Lord, will be uh, for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, who's heard the word or heard the term, it's all about the core? Uh, if you're involved in any type of exercise or sport these days, everything's about your core. Uh, your core is where it's at, your core is where it happens, your core is everything. You've got to have your core sorted, otherwise you're no good. Your core is this part of you. Uh, it's the central bit of your body here, it's where all your muscles are held together and the thing on the screen at the moment is called a plank and a plank is supposed to help your core. Uh, if you have your core right, then you're going to be able to have the rest of your body working properly. Uh, there's core exercises, there's six weeks to get a better core, there's all these things that you can do to make sure your core is good. And when your core is strong, you are strong, supposedly. Uh, it's tough, it's not easy having your core worked on. Most of us, we do have a core, but it's covered by a whole little layer of that stuff called fat. Uh, but it's there, and to work on it and have it right... Uh, then we can actually work well as people. Well, the whole exercise industry is into the core and I saw this great little clip here. I'm strengthening my core. It's not an apple core, but it's the centre. It's the core of you, isn't it? It's what holds you together. So what is the thing that holds us together? What is to be the core of you and I? Well, if you were here last week, you would have seen that the core of you and I is to be Jesus. Because Jesus is better than any planking exercise you can do. Uh, Jesus is better than any other, any person, anything, any type of saviour that you think. Because Jesus deals with our biggest problem, doesn't he? He deals with our sin, that thing that, uh, that Matt spoke about this morning with the kids, with Adam and Eve, is what you and I do all the time, is we decide to think that we can run our lives better than God. I think I know better than God because I'm God. I'm the God of my world, I did it my way, is my theme song. But that's the devastation of the world. That's why we have broken relationships. That's why we hurt one another. That's why we hurt the world we live in. But Jesus deals with that. He's the only one who can deal with that. He's the only one that can sort that out because he's the only one who goes to the cross, who does nothing wrong in his whole life, goes to the cross, takes the punishment for our sin and rises again to show that he has beaten it and that his resurrection is the certificate, the guarantee that we are safe in him. He's our core. 
because he deals with our biggest problem, but he empowers us to live by his spirit and he has our future in his hands. We are safe in him. That's what we found out last week. Jesus is better. He's to be our core. And if Jesus is to be our core, then our core business should be the core business of Jesus. Jesus is to be at the centre of our lives. He is to be the one around which we build, the one that sets us solid, who holds us and then permeates and allows us to go out and live. And what he wants us to do is to be on about what he was on about. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today because Jesus was on about a thing called discipleship. Ah, let's read the Bible. What do you reckon? If you've got your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 6, uh, 28, verses 16 to 20. Uh, it's good for us to have a look at this. We looked at it a few weeks ago, but uh, we're going to look at it a little bit next week as well because within it we also see our identity, but we first and foremost see what is our core business. What are we to be on about the most in our lives? Uh, So let's read it. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Jesus says, the very last thing he says to his disciples, he says, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. And why does he say go and make disciples of all nations? Because that is what he has been doing for the whole of his life as well. And particularly for the last three years of his life. Uh, When we think about what are we to be on about, well, we need to be on about what Jesus is on about. And what is Jesus on about? He is on about making disciples. That's what his life was about. That's what our life is to be about, is making disciples. It's going out into all the nations and helping other people become saturated with Jesus. You see, what Jesus wants for us, that's what we've been talking about, isn't it? To be saturated with Jesus. That is to be a disciple of Jesus. When we're saturated with Jesus, when Jesus is at our core, when he permeates through us, then that is us being a disciple of Jesus, following him. And then what he wants us to be is people who help other people to be saturated with Jesus as well. That's what Jesus is saying by saying, go out and make disciples of all nations. He says, go out and be saturated with Jesus yourself and then help other people to be saturated with Jesus as well. That is your core business. That is what your mission is. And you notice Jesus doesn't say, go out and build a building. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, go out and form a music team. Do you notice that Jesus doesn't go out and say, build an institution? Interesting that, isn't it? You will find nowhere in the scriptures that Jesus says that or anyone says that. Now don't get me wrong, some of those things can be helpful and they can be part of how we can become disciples but ultimately they're not what Jesus wants us to do. 
Because it's funny, because that's what we tend to think, that's what we do do, don't we? Jesus didn't say go out and just meet for one hour a week on a Sunday in a building where you sing songs and you pray and you do all those things. Now, don't get me wrong, they can be helpful. But that's not his core mission. That's not to be our core mission. Sometimes we think that's it, isn't it? You think, oh, we get to Sunday, that's it. I'm a Christian, I've done all I need to be done. That's my core mission, I just need to be there. Well, I'd love you to be here, but that's not your core mission. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. You see, discipleship is seeing that all of our life, coming under the control of Jesus and helping others to do the same. That's what being saturated with Jesus is, is bringing all of our life under his control and being a disciple is someone who is doing that and then the discipling others is to helping others to do the same. It's not too complicated in one sense. It's quite simple, isn't it? But how are we going at that? You see, that's what Jesus did. You know, often we think, uh, what did Jesus do and what was he on about? He actually gathered together a group of people and he showed them what Matthew 28, 16 to 20 is. He came and lived with them, didn't he? He spent time with them and he brought together and he discipled them. You know, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save, bring people into a relationship with him, to be disciples of him, to help others to do the same. Jesus came to go to the cross, but on the way to the cross, what did he do? He discipled people. He brought people together who came to know him and then grow in him. That's what Jesus did. Now, sometimes we think the Matthew 28 is just the go and do disciples because Jesus sent us to do that. This is his command to do us. But that's because that's what he did. Uh, who remembers these bands? The WWJD bands. They used to be really trendy when you were about 15 years ago and you wore one of those and you're a Christian. I think Christians were the ones that started the whole rubber band thing uh, around your wrists. Uh, you've got them for everything these days, don't you? Uh, WWJD uh, was the old what would Jesus do idea. And I think initially it was quite a good concept, wasn't it? It was an idea to say as you're going around and you're thinking about life, uh, you think about what would Jesus do in this situation? Well, I'd probably think it's what would Jesus want us to do rather than what would Jesus do. But even if we think of that... What did Jesus, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do was disciple people. That's what he did for three years. He gathered them together and he helped them to be saturated with him and then sent them off to saturate the rest of the world with him as well. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think sometimes as churches, as people have been in the Christian game for a long time, or for quite a while, we think the aim of what it is, of what we're here on about, is to make sure that we do Sunday well, maybe we get to something during the week, maybe we read the Bible, and that's it. The rest of life, well, it will all happen. Whereas actually, some of those things are helpful, but in then they're not our core business. Our core business is not Sunday morning for an hour and 15. 
part of what we do, but it's not our core. Our core business isn't just gathering together during the week to study the Bible. It's part of, but it's not our core business. Jesus says, when we become followers of him, our core business is to make other followers of him. That's a challenge, isn't it? But it's a good thing, guys, because what it means is okay, it's even better. It's a great thing. It's a really exciting thing because we can actually input into people's lives all the time. This discipleship thing doesn't have to be just a, okay, I'm going to be doing discipleship now. Right now, this is it. We're happening right now. This is discipleship. You don't get it now. No. Discipleship can be better than that and bigger than that and greater than that because we want to know how Jesus did discipleship. How did Jesus do discipleship? Because he, this is what he did. This is what he wants us to do and he showed us how to do it. Jesus did, first and foremost, life-on-life discipleship, didn't he? He didn't grab a bunch of people and take them into uni, just put them through a four-year course and then send them loose. No, he gathered them together, didn't he? He grabbed them together, he brought them together and he says, come with me. I think what he says in Matthew chapter 4, Uh, verse 18. You can look it on the screen, look it back later. If you go back through Matthew, so you've got the end of Matthew, Jesus says, this is what I want you to go and do. For the rest of Matthew, you see how Jesus did that. So if we want to know how to do discipleship, you go back and you have a look at what he did and how he did it and then we can do the same. And so what does he do right back in chapter 4? This is the very first part, right back at the beginning. We've uh, heard about how he was born. We've heard about his temptation. And now we hear what's the next thing he does. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting nets into the lake for they were fishermen. And he says to them, come follow me. That's a big call, isn't it? Imagine there you are, Matt's on the building side, he's banging, putting his nails in. Next minute this bloke comes along and says, come follow me. Get lost, mate, what do you think you're doing? Who are you? These guys don't do that though, do they? What do they do? They drop their nets and they come. Jesus gives them a mission. He says, I will make you fishers of men. I will help you to become a person who is a disciple of me, who disciples others. I will saturate you with me so that you can saturate others with me. That's what he's saying to them. And then look what he does next. Verse 23. He calls them and then he shows them. Verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. It's almost a summary statement of what Jesus is going to continue to do. But he does it immediately. He gathers them. He says, come and see, come and see. Come with me, come with me. And then he shows them straight away. It's come and see discipleship, isn't it? It's come and be in my life. Come and join my life and I'll show you what this life looks like. You see, Jesus comes, he takes them on board and he lives life with them. He takes them aside, he teaches them. Don't get me wrong, he doesn't neglect teaching. He takes them, he teaches them, he teaches the crowd and then he pulls his disciples aside, he teaches them as well. But as he teaches them verbally, he teaches them by showing them. As he teaches them verbally, he teaches them by living it with them. He just doesn't teach them and then say, okay, mate, I'm your teacher now, I'm out of here. 
You just put your heads in the books and work it out. He grabs them and he brings them. He says, come and look. This is what it's like, guys. Watch me. Follow me. This is how we're going to do this together. That's exciting, isn't it? It's more like the apprenticeship model. But the apprenticeship actually lives with you as well. Now, that might be scary, mightn't it? But it's that's the idea. It's that apprenticeship model. It's not the university model. It's not the set put aside, stick in a little monastery, do all your study and stay there. It's not that model. That is not Jesus' model of discipleship. Again, don't get me wrong, I spent four years in a Bible college. wasn't shut away in a corner. Excellent, fantastic. I wouldn't give it up for quids. It was a wonderful way to find out more about God's Word. But we didn't do that in isolation. We did that in community. But what we want to see here for you and I here today is that we can do this now. We can invite people into our lives now. Say, come and see. Come and share with me. Come and live. Come and see how I do life. Let's see how we do life together. Let's see how Jesus impacts how we do life together now. Let's see how that works out. Let's sit down and talk over the Bible together, but let's go and live life together. Let's not just read the Bible together and say, okay, great, got that point out of it. Put it aside and then just go off and do whatever you want. No, let's get into the Bible together, read the Bible together, and then let's live it together. That's the discipleship that Jesus did. For three years, we think, he lived, slept, breathed, he did everything with his disciples. We don't hear of them going off and going back home. They may have done, but we don't hear that. We hear that Jesus has invested himself into these people. Invested in his life. And notice he didn't invest that in the 500 or the thousands. He taught them, he impacted those ones. But he invested into 12 and he invested even more into three. So I want to encourage you, life on life, discipleship. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He invited people into his life. He says, come and hear, come and see, come and live. And you can do that. You can do that as well. You can actually invite people to come and live life with you. Invite them to see what it's like in your house when the place is a mess and you're really peeved off. And how do you do that? How do you live for Jesus in the middle of being peeved off? How do you live in the middle of Je- with Jesus when you're hammering on the side wall and you're putting up the guttering and you miss the guttering you hit your thumb? Or it doesn't quite go right? Or things aren't quite working properly? Because that's where it hits the ground, doesn't it? You and I can look as shiny as possible here this morning. I can look the best Christian ever out here at the front. You come and live with me. Then you'll see what I'm like. That's what we're going to do now. We bring people into our lives and so they can see how we do that together and live that together. And in brokenness together, we can ask for forgiveness together. We can work through those hard things together because we know that we're saved by Jesus. I don't have to impress you. You don't have to impress me. Jesus has got both of us. He knows our brokenness and he's taken that. He knows our sin, he's taken that. He knows our guilt, he's taken that. I don't have to cover that up. And neither do you. So life on life, discipleship. Can I encourage you to do that? I know that's something for Australians we find hard because we're in this culture that says, build your house, make sure it's your castle, make sure you can lock yourself away and have the biggest TV so that no one else... You just have your own television programs, Netflix, you just watch your own. You don't care about anyone else's. Anyway, 
Now, some of that stuff's not bad again. I like my Netflix. Uh, but invite people into that. And spend some time reading the Bible with them. Invite people into your life. And sit down and read the Bible together. If you're reading Saturate, you'll see that they have these groups that they call DNA groups. I'm not sure they use the term uh, group, but the idea is where you get together with people that you've invited into your life. This isn't something that just happens, you know, you don't just say this is a, a little bit of time over here, but someone, you've invited them into your life. They're people that you know, that are sharing with you. But within that, you spend some time thinking about the Bible, D. D means discover. You sit down and you say, what have you been learning in the Bible today? What's God been teaching you this week? What have you read? And then nurture says, well, what do you need to repent of out of what you've been reading? What do you need to be encouraged with? What can I say how good God's doing in your life that way? And then act. Go out and live it. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He said he brought them in, he taught them, and then he sent them out to show how it worked out. That was how the kingdom grew. As people went out and did that together. Don't complicate it. Don't make it too hard. Don't try and think, well, I've got to work through a theological course. I don't have to get through seven points of the Holy Spirit by the end of term one or term two. You know, just get down and get into the Bible. Start there. Don't go to the complicated version. That's tough. Some of us can do that. Some of us have done that. And I'm happy to take people through that if you want to do that. More than willing to do that. But just start at the, the simple stuff. Start where Jesus started. Opening up the word to them. Discover, nurture, act. Life on life and then life in community as well. You notice that Jesus actually invited people into a group of people. It wasn't just you're saved now, okay, see you goodbye, go out and try and live that by yourself. It wasn't even now you're saved now and I'm just going to be you and me. Didn't, Jesus didn't do that either, did he? Jesus says, come follow me. And he brought a group of 12 around him and they went and followed together. They were brought into community, brought in it together so that together they were going out and finding out and being saturated by Jesus and saturating the community around them with Jesus as well. It's a good idea, isn't it? Sometimes we think we just need, it's all about us. It's all about the individual. That's what the Western world's about, isn't it? It's the individual Make sure you're right, make sure that you're sorted, make sure that you're successful, make sure that you're getting all that self-importance and build up. Well, you by yourself are going to fall because you by yourself are not sufficient because you weren't made to be by yourself. You're made to grow, to be like Jesus, with others. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, a number of people in my family are on diets and there's uh, diets happening all over the place. And having a diet is really hard when you do it by yourself, isn't it? If you're on a diet by yourself, okay, you stick into it and you go and then the whole family around you is eating chocolate and money. Oh, I need someone to help me with this. It's so much better when you've got a group of people on a diet with you, isn't it? Because you can ring them up and you can talk to them and you can be miserable together. That's how good it is, isn't it? How good is that? If you're going to be miserable, you might be miserable together. But that's it, isn't it? If you're on a diet, it's a lot better when you're together. Yes, you can encourage one another, build one another, say, don't take that chocolate. Stick to that apple. 
Anyway, you can do it together. It's far better. It's far easier. You can do that. And that's what Jesus, he knows that. He knew that. He said, to be saturated with me is a whole lot easier and a whole lot better when you're saturated together. Let's help each other to be saturated. Gather together. Spend time together. Encourage one together. That's what our gospel communities are about. When we gather together to be saturated in Jesus together and then saturate others with Jesus together. But it doesn't just have to be gospel communities. Do that throughout the week too. Encourage one another to do that together. Now the introverts around you are saying, man, Paul, I'm already nervous about this. I'm already, come on, give me a break. Well, God's made you that way, guys. He's not saying that you don't have to be, you don't have to suddenly get rid of your introvert and become an extrovert. But he's saying within your introvertness, how about you invite someone in to help you with that? It doesn't have to be every day of the week for you. Maybe it's just a couple of times for you. Maybe just... You, it, Work out from where you are with the people around you. There'll be other introverts who are like you who are thinking, I'm finding this tough too. But he does want us to do it in community. Because you can be an introvert, but when you're by yourself all the time, it's going to be tough. And discipleship is a group thing as much as it is an individual thing. You see, if I just do one-on-one stuff with people, discipleship, who are they going to look like? Me. That's not a good option, guys. In some areas, maybe in some areas. If you're Matt, who is the pinnacle of creation that uh, someone said in the kids' talk, maybe that's okay. But you see, even Jesus says we're centred around him. He's our core. That's where we all want to drive to. But then he had a group of people so that they could see how that related amongst them so that they could actually build each other up. They didn't have to look like each other. They wanted to be looking like Jesus. But you see that in a multiple different ways in all the different personalities and gifts and talents and all this thing that God has put together in others. And that builds you up, doesn't it? You don't want people just to look like me. You don't want people just to look like one person. You want to see the whole body of Christ. We want to be discipled together in that to be like Jesus. Life in community and life on mission. You see, the best place to be like Jesus, to grow like Jesus, is to be on mission for Jesus. It's the best place to be. I don't know, I've, as you know, I've played a lot of sport and uh, when we play sport, the best training that you can do is when you, play, you, you train like you play. So game activities where you're playing is the best type of training for you. You can do your individual bits over here, but none of that is helpful if you can't put it into here. And so the team is where it happens, the game. You train like you play. It's a great principle and it's the principle Jesus used, didn't he? He brought people in, he got them coming, he says, come and follow me. And then he went out and he showed them what mission was like. He took them out with him. He trained them, he taught them, he encouraged them, he did life with them, he did life in community. And then together they went out and shared the gospel with people. Together they went out and they healed people and they taught people and they saw miracles and they saw people transformed. And that was exciting, exhilarating for the disciples, isn't it? You know, sometimes I think we lose that excitement because we're not in the game. We're still black in the bleachers. We're still back. Maybe we're even still in our study groups. 
We were never meant to just stay in study groups. We were meant to go into the Word to be sent out. Jesus said go, didn't he? Jesus didn't say, come guys, come and follow me. We're going to go on a retreat now for three years. I'm just going to spend time with you for three years and then I'm going to go and die on the cross and I'm going to leave you. Go off and do it. He didn't do that, did he? He brought them in. He taught them. He lived life with them. And then he went out into mission with them. And they came with him and they learnt with him and they made mistakes. They said the wrong things at different times. They tried to block kids from coming along and Jesus had to step in and say, no, 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 kids are here. They tried to cast out demons and sometimes he says, no, no, this is how you do it. They tried to teach sometimes he says, no, 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 this is how you do it. They did the wrong thing. Peter stuffed up heaps of times, didn't he? But Jesus brought him in and says, no, 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 no. Come on, follow me. Let me show you how to do it. And then Peter and the disciples, and what happens when Jesus dies? Boom! The gospel goes crazy. They get sent out and they go and they're out on mission. And even when they go out on mission, then they go out on mission together. It's a great example, isn't it? The best type of discipleship is discipleship that's doing discipleship on mission. We're in the game together. We experience it together. Can I encourage you in your gospel communities, think about places or something or some area in community, in a town, something, and decide that's what we're going to go and do together. We're going to go and be on mission here together. The local craft shop. Gather a couple of you together and go there deliberately, intentionally on mission. The local garden. Gather together, go there. The fire brigade, gather together, go there. Pray for each other as you're going to do that. Encourage each other when you see people doing stuff and talking to people and showing Jesus' love when you're there in it. You know, it's so easy, isn't it? The rugby club, the touch football. We've got so many, the bowling club. So many places, but so often we go into them and then we come out of them and we just go into them and we come out and we don't think we're on this together. How about we encourage each other when we're there? How about we think about and text each other and pray for us tonight as we both go to the fireys together. That God will use us. The rugby team. Catch up during the week and pray for each other as you go into the rugby team together. On mission together and then see what God does with that and then encourage each other with that. Tell the stories of the conversations that you've had with people. Tell the stories about how someone's gone up. Nat told the story, there's been some p- couple of people from playgroup who are going up to mums and bubs and they're having this double up where they're seeing Christians together and they're asking questions and they're wanting to find out and one of them's thinking that they'd like to get along to church, see what's going on. That's exciting stuff, isn't it? That's God at work. And when we see God at work and Him on mission and us on mission, then we get excited and we get off our hands and we start thinking, God's really happening in this world. God's doing something, isn't he? It's exciting to see what God's on about. Because that's what Jesus was on about. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I have taught you so that they obey everything I've taught you. And don't get me wrong, I am with you to the very end of the age. Because we're not alone, guys. Jesus has not only told us to go, he's not only showed us how to go, but he's going with us as well.
discipleship. It's exciting stuff, guys. Exciting that we can be in this together. Uh, Saturate chapter 3, uh, part 3 is what you're going to be reading. Uh, you should have been reading because you're going to be looking at it this week in our gospel communities. Uh, he takes that and runs it even further with you uh, and encourages you in that and gives you more ideas and more thoughts. But can I just encourage you this morning, guys, to go and make disciples. Be saturated with Jesus and help others to be saturated with Jesus as well. To finish this off, we're just going to watch a little clip, a couple of minutes, just to send us on our way. When I was a kid, we used to play this game called Simon Says. Right? Most of us have played that, unless you're really young, because there's no app for it. Simon Says is, uh, you know, you just, Simon Says, pat your head, you know, so, okay, you know, Simon said it. Um, it's just, it was a very simple game, but it's so weird how in the church, Jesus Says is a totally different game. If Jesus says something, you don't have to do it, you just have to memorize it. You, 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 you study it, you memorize You guys, it, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of the things we do, when he tells us to go out and make disciples, and how many people in the, our churches are actually making disciples? But they memorized it. You know, I tell my daughter, hey, hey, Rach, go clean your room. She doesn't come back to me two hours later and go, I memorized what you said. <laughs> you said, Rach, go clean your room. <laughs> I can say it in Greek. <laughs> my friends are going to come over and we're going to have a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> she knows better than that. And so why do we think we're going to come before the judge one day and quote everything that he said Talk about how much we know. It's just, it's just this black and white stuff. If I just started with scripture, I'd go, here's what I would do. I'd start making disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, that uh, you have given us what our core business is about. That, Lord, you desire us to go and make disciples, peoples whose lives are being submitting to you in every way and helping others to submit their lives to you, Lord. Having our lives saturated with Jesus and helping others to saturate their lives with Jesus as well, Lord. Father, sometimes we get caught in so many other areas and so many other things that we think we should be on about that we forget what our core business is about, Lord. We pray, Father, that we will uh, be repentant of that We ask for forgiveness, Lord, when we haven't been doing that. We ask for forgiveness when other things have come in on top of that, Lord, and dragged us away from that. Other things that even seem to be good and helpful, but yet we've given up on trying to disciple others, Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that we won't stay the same after this morning, that we won't stay the same after our gospel communities this week, that we don't just memorise Matthew 28 verses 16 to 20 and say, I've got it. But Lord, we'll go out and live it. And we'll go out and live it together. And we'll go out and live it in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you've given to each of us in the power of Jesus. 
We pray this in his precious and almighty name.